Today in Business from Wired. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Here's today's spoken edition of Wired. Brought to you by Expedient. Forget application refactoring or lift and shift. Get cloud right the first time with Expedient, the nation's leading enterprise cloud provider. Cloud that works for your critical business applications. Disaster recovery that ensures your business stays up and running and expertise from real people. Learn more at expedient.com slash wired. In a tough month, this Instagram-friendly serial startup eats cake. With the country on lockdown, even digital brands are hurting. But some companies say business is better than ever by Ariel Pardas. Birthdays in quarantine have mostly been bittersweet, lonesome affairs. On Instagram, those who celebrated in April blew out candles in solitude or posted photos of their living rooms filled with number-shaped balloons but absent any guests. There's not much fun on a birthday when it's a party of one. But there was plenty of fun at Magic Spoon, a serial startup celebrating its first year in business. The brand filled its Instagram with technicolored squares of birthday cakes, sprinkles, and heaping bowls of the high-protein, low-carb cereal it sells for $10 per beautifully illustrated box. Making it through year one as a startup seemed like cause for celebration, but so is the last month of sales, some of the highest Magic Spoon has seen yet. Our business is shelf-stable food that's purchased online and delivered directly to people's doors, says Gabby Lewis, Magic Spoon's co-founder. So yes, we're definitely seeing an increased demand. When Magic Spoon launched last April, it hoped to do for cereal what Warby Parker did for eyeglasses or what Quip did for toothbrushes. Take a familiar everyday product, give it an Instagrammable glow-up, axe the middleman, and send it straight to customers' doors, direct to consumer, as the buzzy business model is often called. 
Cereal was ripe for disruption, a multi-billion dollar market dominated by stodgy conglomerates and beset by years of flagging sales. Magic Spoon targeted health-conscious millennials with keto-friendly ingredients, whimsical packaging, and flavors that hearken to childhood favorites. Fruity, frosted, cinnamon, cocoa. The startup raised $5.5 million in seed funding, along with personal investments from the kingmakers of direct-to-consumer companies Joey Zwillinger, the co-founder of Allbirds, Jeff Rader, the co-founder of Harry's, and Dave Gilboa and Neil Blumenthal, the co-founders of Warby Parker, all chipped in, as did musician Quest Love and Dig.com founder Kevin Rose. Launching a direct-to-consumer brand, often shortened to DTC or D-numeral to C, doesn't automatically confer the luster it did a few years ago, though. The approach that catapulted startups like Casper, Glossier, and Dollar Shave Club to billion-dollar valuations was already showing some strain even before the pandemic. Competition was growing, and so were costs. The results were not always sustainable, leading to recent high-profile flops like Outdoor Voices and Casper's public market debut. Investors started to demand profits, not just new customers. And then came COVID-19. Magic Spoon does not appear to be as vulnerable to the pandemic's shockwaves as some of its other DTC brethren so far. The Brooklyn-based company had spent the past year ramping up manufacturing, bulk buying its specialty ingredients, and learning how to produce even more and more of the brightly colored boxes. When the pandemic hit, those things came in handy. In general, we've been fairly unaffected in the supply chain, says Greg Suitz, the other co-founder, and they've seen more demand. Since the pandemic began, Lewis says Magic Spoon has seen a meaningful jump month to month, greater than anything we've seen in prior months. Magic Spoon isn't alone. Other direct-to-consumer companies are experiencing a boost. Otherland, which makes candles, and Tracksmith, which sells activewear, have both reported bumps in sales. So have loungewear makers like Lively and Thinks, which makes period-absorbing underwear. Periods don't stop for pandemics, says a banner on the company's website. Direct-to-consumer food startups in particular are seeing a huge difference. Most people were already comfortable buying online and across most retail categories, says Andrew Lipsman, the principal retail analyst at eMarketer. Where the pandemic is making a difference is in the food and beverage category, which had been slow to shift online. More people are cooking at home when bars and restaurants are closed, and while grocery stores remain open, fears of contracting the virus have led shoppers to seek out other options. The new users are super interesting, says Nicole Quinn, a partner at Lightspeed Ventures, who has invested in companies like Rothy's and Brandable. Lightspeed is also an investor in Magic Spoon. My mother, she'd never tried online groceries, but now she's like, I'm 70 years old. I don't want to risk going outside. So yes, I will order Daily Harvest. It's opening up a whole new user base. 
Daily Harvest, a subscription service focused on healthy foods, has seen a surge in sales since the pandemic began, says Rachel Drory, the company's CEO and founder. Over the course of the last month, we've been beating our customer acquisition target on average 70% per day. Food subscription services in general seem to be taking advantage of the moment. Blue Apron's stock jumped more than 300% in March. HelloFresh expects its first annual profit this year. Hitting those milestones can seem like validation of the DTC model. The shelter-in-place orders due to COVID-19 are a unique opportunity for many direct-to-consumer companies to do what they do well and move very quickly to take advantage, says Caitlin Strandberg, a principal at the VC firm Lehrer Hippo which has invested in brands like Allbirds, Casper, Glossier, and Warby Parker. But this only works in certain categories. In other categories, the picture is bleaker. Retail Dive, which follows commerce companies, found that week-over-week spending fell 7% across all direct-to-consumer brands in March, with certain product categories, like clothing and shoes, hit especially hard. The CEOs of Allbirds, Rothy's, Ministry of Supply, and Kuyana have all said that revenue is down. Rothy's and Ministry of Supply have since pivoted to making personal protective equipment, like masks. With borders shut and people staying at home, the suitcase startup Away announced layoffs and furloughs in April after seeing a 90% decrease in sales. Companies with a retail footprint have also had to furlough or lay off employees. Even for the startups still doing well now, there's no guarantee it will last. The question for startups that have seen more users during this time is whether or not their recent wins can outlast the pandemic and the looming recession. The way you generate repeat purchases is through brand loyalty, says Strandberg. So in this moment, when everyone's glued to their phones, can you capture that initial attention and retain that attention from the consumers? Some of the immediate challenges facing DTC startups have eased, like the cost of marketing. The price of ads on platforms like Facebook and Instagram, where many of these companies find new customers, have decreased in recent weeks. But there's no guarantee that those new customers will spell profits. Ad rates across the board have plummeted, particularly for social ads on which D2Cs are obviously heavily reliant, says Lipsman. While that theoretically might lower customer acquisition costs, there are fewer customers to acquire right now. And at the end of the day, DTC companies need consumers to spend money, whether it's on $1,000 mattresses or $10 boxes of cereal. Magic Spoon's founders are keeping an eye on their new customers, but they readily admit that anything could happen. It'll be interesting to see how this all plays out six or nine or twelve months from now, says Lewis. Is it panic buying? Is it people trying to get food online for safety reasons? Or are people actually more comfortable with this channel? He adds that the team is trying not to read too much into the numbers we see in this moment. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.